0: Welcome to the show. We are tuned in for real life stories with real life people who have overcome adversity and healed their life. I am your host, Victoria Johnson, teacher trainer and coach trainer for the Heal Your Life certification program and best selling author of Do That and Then Some Transform Feelings of Less Than to More Than Enough. As Louise Hay always said, the point of power is in the present moment. So let's get started. Well, hello, lovely podcast listeners. Welcome back to another episode. I just wanted to let you know that our guest today is Ishka. And she has a master's degree in psychology. She is the founder and creator of the Brave Womanhood Academy, who empowers the masses, particularly women, to lead her ship. You got that right? Lead her ship. She is a transformational specialist, a behavioral expert, and known as the lighthouse of women. She is a former Fortune 500 manager, award-winning photographer, and nominee of the Canadian Recruitment Affairs speaker, and live streaming host on Instagram Live. We're going to hear more about that because I'm excited to hear about everything that you're doing and where that you live. We, I
1: live in Canada, so I'm a Canadian in our beautiful capital right now of Ottawa.
0: Beautiful. I'm recording from Canada as well. So it's going to be an all Canadian show today that will be heard from people all around the world, which is wonderful. So I wanted to talk to you about your transformational process and how you have learned to turn pain into power.
1: So but first I want to, before I go into the story, I want to say thank you Victoria for having me on your show. Really, really appreciate that. So how did that happen? Is that I was, as I mentioned, I worked for corporate sector for a long time, for almost two decades. And prior to that, I come from the background that when you grew up and you're looking into career or even thinking about it, the first thing that your family tells you is that you have to either become a professional a doctor or a lawyer or a anything, but it wasn't said in a sense that it was imposed, but it was very much intentionally insinuated. And then, so I went into the right gear and I became, I went into become a pre-med. And as I was going through the pre-med, my father passed away and that kind of changed so much in my life. I first born, I took over, helped my family step up and became that, what I call the fixer, the rescuer, the person that needs to be there for everyone around you. But in the process, Kind of forget herself. And so when I went, it became a pre med and I went through that, I was like, well, I want to help people, but knowing in the long run from a visionary aspect that I had to stay with people for five to 10 minutes, that made no sense for me. So I drop out and that created so much anxiety into my family, a lot of disappointment. And then I decided to go to the corporate just to find myself. And as I went through finding myself into the corporate, I was challenged. I was a young girl. I was challenged and I was told that as a black woman, a young black woman, there's no way that you can achieve higher. Level and you had to remain into the you know the first, second, or third tier. But to become a C level, that's impossible. No black people have done that in the past, etc. etc. And I like a good challenge, so even though a portion of my brain was saying this is not right for for me to continue on that path. The other part is like, I'm taking this challenge because I want to help other young men and women to thrive and be the best version of themselves, go forward, be able to ascend to the next level, whatever that is for them. So this young girl goes and take the challenge and eventually do lead big teams, go into high level management and ascend to the place that people ascend. I've done things that people haven't done in the past in the corporate world. In my gen- generation at the time. Yet, when I wanted to ascend further, I was struck by two things. First, me facing the, do I really want this? Is that what I want? And the second, I faced leaders Female leaders who took that decision for me and decided that I was not a fit for them or fit for anything higher than this level I had attained. And at this point, I went into bullying. The workplace environment became very much toxic. I was a victim of bullying, intimidation, lies, competition—the whole shebang that, for me as a young woman, thought that would never happen. Because for me, a leader is someone that is empathic, someone that helps other people, someone that is there for them kind of like being a mentor, but in a different sense, in a very higher level sense. But now to have women on top of that, instead of being my mentors, I was looking up to those women and they became very much enemies. And so And at this point I had mentees, I had teams, I had people that were looking up to me and I was helping them, but I didn't want to show the reality of breaking a certain level of glass ceiling. And I didn't want them to feel that. So I didn't say anything. My mom was, my family was also going through their things. We had family coming over from, because there was situation in the world and in their country. So on a personal level, I was highly involved. And on the professional level, I was keeping to myself what was really going on. And so eventually with time as I accumulated silently, the intimidation, the bullying, the toxicity, my whole body crashed. And when that happened, I was diagnosed with what they call temporary paralysis and I was no longer able to walk. The pain, physical pain was extremely harsh, but what was harder was my mental mindset, my emotional mindset. I had suffered from a mental and emotional bankruptcy. When I went through that and I was lying on bed, crying over and over again, but I wasn't crying because I couldn't walk, which is like mind blowing, to be honest. I was crying because I was afraid of what people were thinking, what these women, these leaders, these women that actually were higher level, but yet hurting me so much. What were they thinking? Why were they not supporting? Why were they so hard? Why were they so mean? Why doesn't that nice girl, because I believe that you need to be, show what you want. You track what you are. And I was like, I'm a nice person. I'm an honest person. I'm a naive person, maybe. But why is it that I'm not attracting that towards them, through them, with them? And so I was trapped into my mind. I was trapped into my emotions. And I was focused on that so much that my physical body was deteriorating with time. And the worst part is when I saw the doctor, he said to me, okay, I'm taking you off. You won't be able to go. We'll see each other every single X weeks. And I (laughs) fell down on my knees in front of him, crying and begging him to bring me back. Send me back to work even though I can't walk. Send me back to work even though I'm physically, emotionally, and mentally broken. Just send me back because I was more afraid of the ramification of what these women could do or would think than what was really happening into me, within me. I was broken.
0: Wow, that is quite a story. And, you know, when I'm thinking about that, I'm thinking about all that pressure and the pressure, some real, some brought through from worry as to what other people would think, literally shutting down your body. Mm -hmm. You know, the mind-body connection fully in action there. Mm -hmm. And so how were you able to recover from that?
1: The first was recognizing self-awareness. And that self-awareness happened, and I have to say two things. The first, I'm a spiritual person, so I believe in God a lot. So that was my first connection. But the second was my best friend. My best friend heard me because I had kept that for me for such a long time. And she was living in Calgary at the time. And she called me to check up on me. And I had avoided her because I'm very transparent whenever she calls me. So I avoided talking to her. And she heard my voice. And she's like, what's wrong? And I said, well, nothing. You know, Everything is right, right? Everything is perfect. And she's like, oh, Oh, by the way, I'm, I'm coming in town. And she did. And she said, she came to see me. And she, when she, I saw her, there's something of a relief. You know when you, you just know that you can be transparent with someone because I believe that you need to have that, those five people in your life. You attract what you want. And she's one of them. And she spoke with me and she listened to my story, crying and all this. I was so vulnerable. And at the end, she said to me, do you realize that all this energy that you've put into thinking about what these people, can do, think, or wants from you, none of them is actually thinking about you, not even a second. And that stopped me right away. And I said, what do you mean? Like, of course, they've hurt me so much. Obviously, they are thinking about me. Like, this is a big scheme. This is a big, you know. And she's like, no, none of them. They've done what they needed to do and they've moved on. That snapped me right away. And I was like, oh my God, you're right. Like, cause none of them called me. None of them followed me. None of them. And it snapped me so much that I was like, oh, what did I do to me? Who am I? What I have become? Who is this woman that is, who used to be fierce and now has lost all sense of her North Star. And that was the journey of self-awareness, rediscovering who I became, who I was, who I wanted to be, and who I became. And as I thrive and look for that woman, I started realizing that I needed to understand the mind, the emotions, and the physical aspect, and including the spiritual. So I turned around and studied and got my master degree in psychology. When I did that, I started understanding the human being and the human connection and the relationship with. That's how I started healing from an intellectual aspect. And then I went into, okay, what does mindset means? What does feelings mean? Why are they all connected? Why is my feeling creating so much derailment into me? Why is it creating so much breakness into me? And from there, once I got that in mind, I decided to work, leave the corporate and work into the setting of psychology. And because I was a psychotherapist at this point, and I went into helping others, but from more like an emotional aspect and help cancer patients who receive diagnosis or recover, from cancer and help them. Ironically, at this point, I didn't want to work with women. I didn't want to have to do with anything with women. I just wanted to stay away from women. And at the cancer center, I was only receiving women, older women who were broken. They were helping each other from so many other elements. And at this point... I started building and creating this transformation business and that's how I went into photography and decided that I was going to use photography to keep a memento for people to see their transformation from the physical aspect and then seeing where they used to be to where they're at. And that's where I started realizing that there's power into your story. If you use your story, it will become everything. It will lead you to your purpose. It will lead you to ascend to the next level.
0: There's so much wisdom in everything that you've just shared. I'm going to go back a little bit here and talk about when your friend from Calgary said to you, you know, these women aren't thinking about you, you know, they've moved on. And how did you forgive them? How did you get Mm -hmm. to that place of forgiving them and forgiving yourself for being in that situation?
1: At that moment, I didn't. I said I did it. Like, you know, when you from a spiritual aspect, you're like, okay, you need to forgive to let go, et cetera. Et cetera. And the knowledge of forgiveness was in my brain. So my mouth said, I forgive them. But when I started doing entrepreneurship, that's when a lot of things came back. You know, you face with some of demons that you kind of shoved. When I said at this point, I forgive them, I kind of did just what a lot of people do: take that knowledge, take that pass and put it under a rug. That's what I did. So that I could move on. But when I faced entrepreneurship, I had to face, who am I serving? Who am I talking to? What am I doing? And when I realized that I needed to serve women or my calling, my calling was pushing me towards women, I had to face the, I need to forgive. Then there was an event that happened with my daughter where she had to face bullying with her best friend. And she was so broken and so ashamed and all those things that came. And I could feel me going through this again. That's when I forgive. That's when I realized that I need to make peace with myself and forgive myself because I was holding on to grudges. I was holding on to resentment. I was holding on to not moving forward. And that's when I chose. I made a decision. For for me, forgiveness is taking a choice and taking a step and saying, okay, this is not just a rational element. This is what needs to be done. And the moment I made the choice, my mindset started to grow. Like you have the fixed mindset and the growth mindset. That's when I read from fixed to growth.
0: Wonderful. That's so encouraging for our listeners. So if you are listening to this and there are people in your life who use Still have not forgiven. And you'll know because when you think about them, you'll often have a physical response. You know, your breath is a little more shallow. You feel a little bit more tense in the solar plexus area and so on. That's what we've been talking about with we're saying we've forgiven. But when you're truly forgiven, then there's not that reaction. And you can actually remember some of the good things that happened and even get to a point of being grateful for the experience. And for some of you, I know that's going to sound like it's unimaginable. I know I had one major thing in my life I needed to forgive and I was not sure how that was going to happen. And it did. And I got to a place of being grateful for it. So you can do it. And then go forward like you have and now be working with women, which is so powerful. So uh, tell us a little bit about what it is you're doing now. Before you do, I want to share your website so people can look it up while they're listening. It is, I'm going to just spell it greguyschk com. So one more time, r e g dot com, And you have a Facebook group called Brave Womanhood. And uh, I understand you do a live event on Fridays on your Facebook group. Yes,
1: I do. I have, I bring women, again, women from the different industry to talk about finding your balance based on their expertise. So Tuesdays, Thursdays and Fridays at night, we'd go live with these women and we share tips to help people get to the next level.
0: Well, I am very much looking forward to listening to those. I've joined that Facebook group. I encourage others to as well. Brave Womanhood Facebook group. And you talked about your Instagram lives as well. And so how can people find you on Instagram?
1: So they can go into Greggy Love Smart. So G-R-E-G-U-Y, love, L-O-V-E, smart. So at the end of the day, we need to love smart. Forgiveness goes into it. Even when we build our businesses and our stories, we need to start loving others and ourselves in a smart way.
0: Okay, perfect. So I got that. Now tell us um, a little bit about in the last few minutes here what you're doing now and what service you are offering to people.
1: So I mentor a lot of people. I have private coaching and also a lot of workshops. Eventually, because of the lives now, we are doing it virtually. We have online courses that we've built. So we are helping and supporting women to use their power, to use their story, to turn it around and benefit them into the life, their relationship, and their businesses or even their professional life so that they can break that glass ceiling in a way that they stop fitting into that Glass slipper, which is what I've done, which is what a lot of us have done, because we as women have this tendency of not putting ourselves first or even anywhere in our priority list. We always are the last. So now it's time for us to move forward.
0: That's such a good point. I'm working on a book right now on that exact subject about how we as women have, for so many years, it's just, you know, in most of our natures to put other people before us. And we think we're going to take care of ourselves when, right? When the kids are older, when, you know, you make a certain amount of money, when you buy a house, when you are finished taking care of your parents, when you're finished taking care of your children, you know, all of these things come before taking care of ourselves as women and making ourselves a priority. So I'm really glad that you are embracing this and teaching women to do the same. And again, that is the Facebook group. Brave Womanhood. And on the website, there are several programs that people can join and follow as well. So I certainly encourage you to do that. And I just want to mention the website one more time, g-r-e-g-u-y-s-c-h-k-a.com. Um, Is there any final words you wanted to share with us today? Thank you so much for having me into
1: your world, Victoria. I love your podcast. You're doing so much to help people transform, but also in the sense that because the word transformation is used, sometimes overly used, but you have taken that and make it concrete for people to heal. A lot of us need healing. A lot of us has hidden for such a long time and you're helping others do that. So thank you so much.
0: Well, thank you. And I really appreciate that you have helped people to learn more about the mind-body-spirit connection as well as the healing that is possible, both mentally and physically. Like you said, you were in mental and emotional bankruptcy and obviously you are in great abundance now, mentally and emotionally, and are an inspiration to many, many others who wish to do the same. Thank you so much. Oh, you're so welcome. I mean it from the bottom of my heart. I wanted to share a little bit about forgiveness to end our podcast today. And so I'm going to just read a passage from the book called Trust Life by Louise Hay, And it says, I forgive all perceived wrongs and release them with love. Many of us carry grudges for years and years. We feel self-righteous because of what they did to us. I call this being stuck in the prison of self-righteous resentment. We get to be right, but we never get to be happy. I can hear you saying, but you don't know what they did to me. It's unforgivable. Being unwilling to forgive is a terrible thing to do to ourselves. Bitterness is like swallowing a teaspoon of poison every day. It accumulates. It harms us. It is impossible to be healthy and free when we keep ourselves bound to the past. The incident is over, perhaps long over. Let it go. Allow yourself to be free. Come out of prison and step into the sunshine of your life. If the incident is still going on, then ask yourself why you think that you need to still put up with it. Why do you stay in such a situation? It doesn't work. So let's drop the past and work on loving ourselves in the now, and then we shall have a wonderful future. And truly, truly, you have learned to love yourself and are teaching other women now to love themselves as well. I celebrate you and I thank you for the difference you make in the world.
1: Thank you so much. That was a beautiful passage. Thank you so much. I'm keeping that with me.
0: (laughs) Oh, thank you. Thank you for joining us today. If you would like to become an internationally certified Heal Your Life teacher and coach, please visit thetraining.ca. To be a guest on the show and share your story, please visit victoriajohnson.org. Thank you so much for joining us.